Cross the Streams podcast, a listen up episode. Man, I think you've been on season five, David Gunn, the the usual guest host of Listen Up. I don't think we've done a specific, your label hasn't been getting the attention. Your brand hasn't got the attention it deserves. Exactly, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm feeling (laughs) a little undervalued. (laughs) Oh, I feel, are you like uh, Rory and Maul? Are you on the way out on us? They're gone. I know. It's period, right? Done, done. Yeah, yeah, man. They broke up, man. Oh, sad days. Right? Sad days. Hey, so we were just talking, you know, as we were getting ready for the pod about Prime Week. And everyone that's listening, um, and you haven't, since we haven't had David on in a while, uh, I think, though, like in the past, before season four ended, you had started the Amazon business. But quick recap what you do with Amazon and then talk about Prime Week. Yeah, so we launched in October of last year. So I'm an Amazon DSP, a delivery service partner. So I have 25 trucks at any given time, uh, the Amazon Prime vans that I have a contract with Amazon to deliver their packages. So, uh, you know, it's through my company, Top Gun Logistics. So it's it's independent of Amazon, but we represent Amazon. So I, you know, hire my, all of my drivers, they report, and they work for my company, Top Gun Logistics. But, you know, we have to deal with all of Amazon's bullshit all the time. So, so. <laughs> uh, and what is this? So Prime Week is just all of us, like my wife. And I, I think I participated. Just doubling, tripling your the packages that got to go out? Yeah, man. So it, it, it is almost like the Super Bowl, right, for Amazon in terms of just their, their volume, right? It just picks up, right? Because... I think everybody now has participated in a prime day, right? Where you just have significant discounts on everything. And uh, so right now, like if we had 20 routes, right? On a typical day, we may do 5,000, 5,200 packages, right? On a prime day, prime week, that thing jumped up to about 7,500. Holy hell, yeah. you You should see these vans, like... I, I don't know how it's safe, right? They, right. These drivers, like, they can't even move in the back of the vans to get the right. Like, it's literally from top to bottom jam-packed in these vans. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Give me, how is it, I know, because you're not, I mean, you're not there having to physically load these vans with them, are you, as the, as the big kahuna? Oh, Kahuna's? I participate in loadout with them every morning. Okay, so, okay, okay. So it's what is the logistics? Why, yeah, walk me through the loadout. That is, like, fascinates me. I'm the guy at the airport that texts you and Kane. The line set up at the airport fascinate me, how they figure out, you know what we're going to do with the ropes today? We're going to go three horizontals in a third loop. Like somebody makes that decision. So tell me about this loadout. How do you package well, there's it? There's multiple companies like mine, right? Okay. We are based out of a delivery station, right? So there's so there's seven, six other companies at the station I'm at. So we're in wave times. Okay. So we're supposed to only be under the roof. That's where yeah. you have your loadout time. You got that. You got to go get your car, get your packages, load all, like, so each driver may have 300 packages, right? Which may be four or five carts of packages. Yeah. And uh, they got, they're supposed to get that, get everything on their truck in order, all this stuff in 20 minutes. Never fucking happens. Right. right? No way. So it is chaos. (laughs) And and half the time, Amazon, the Amazon people that work for Amazon there, they're, they're, Employees, they do all of the picking and staging of the packages. They never have it ready 
So half the time you're literally just waiting around for a half hour, which people again yeah. hate to wait, right? Right. So then you get your drivers are frustrated. Man, it is a something crazy pops off every morning. There's fights, there's yelling, <laughs> there's people cut out. There's people having mental breakdowns, crying. Like, it is every morning. Is it like every driver's process to themselves? Like, I got my 300. I go in this order when I arrange it? Or is it like something you're like, I think we all should. There's a standard process we have, and the smart ones follow the standard process. But then you just have a bunch of, you know, they just think they can do their own. It it, It don't work. Right. You know, and you're trying to track down because you got 25, 30 drivers at one time. Right. You know, you can't be there with each single person. So I'm literally there, you know, I'll have my dispatch guy and one of my other personal leadership team. So we're helping load, we're helping get them organized, find it. We got to go find their packages. It's like, where's Waldo every day? Cause they're never in the right spot. So literally I'm running around the, the, the whole delivery station just checking every single aisle. Is this- Do you have tools when you're checking like a scan? I'm picturing you with a barcode. I'm not supposed to, it's Amazon's thing. That's what they're supposed to be doing, but they never have enough staff. So I have literally the last two weeks, I have been uh, doing Amazon's job. So I do that job and I run my company. This, this, see, this goes back to what you said. It was a text or you said it on the phone one time that you're a fireman. You just put out fires all day, but you really couldn't exist without putting out the fires. This is how you roll. Right. <laughs> What's what is your dress for you? What do you show up when? Since I'm visualizing you moving and yelling. Oh, dude, and, I, well, I go work out first. At, oh, we go do an orange theory class. So I'm coming in my workout shorts, a tank top, because it's hot as yeah, hell. Like, yeah. Because like the, the the station has air, but then in where you're loading out, it's it's still indoors, but it doesn't have air. So like right now it's like 90 degrees. I mean, and just hundred percent humidity. Right. So you're in there drenched. You're frustrated. You're yelling at people. Yeah. So I mean, I'm in workout clothes every morning. Oh, I don't blame. I, it's, I, is there all, I mean, there's so many questions. I know that's not what the whole episode, but I appreciate that in just your day at the dock. Where are the Johnsons fucking delivery? Where's the package? Is it by number? Like, are you yelling out a six, seven? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, they have these staging numbers, right? So it, your your cart may say C-17, and then it, it's on the floor, this whole row of C-17 where it's supposed to be. But there's somehow nobody that works for Amazon has got it right where C-17 would go where C-17 is. <laughs> C-17 may be in E-4. You never know. Right. You just got A. You just gotta. You just go find it. You honestly, that's a documentary I would watch on Netflix. It's either a. You should come just one day of loadout. You would be amazed. I would just if I had my coffee and I just people watch, and watch you solving problems that seem easy, but other people can't figure it out. (laughs) Put your goddamn package in the back. I like to think I'm fairly patient. I like to think I'm patient, and I just lose my shit. It probably is good that you put that workout first. Like you get your heart going, it's getting some reps because when you get there, it's gonna get tested. It's go time. It's go time. But I'm like I'm usually a really tranquil, calm person. But right. man, like it get they get me so frustrated. The Amazon people, man, I'm gonna have a goddamn aneurysm. <laughs> if, if that happens, you called it here. We'll be sad, but we'll also play this episode out loud. <laughs> you, hey, you would play this back. 
Listen, he called it. This is proof. He called it. Amazon's your fault. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned hot. And for once, you living in the South, me living in the Pacific Northwest, I win. Because it's 115 degrees here today. And for some reason, you like the heat. And I, as a Polynesian, uh, there's no ocean here for me to jump in and cool off, folks. It's hot as balls outside. I, I don't know. I, maybe I need to do what you did and have some mules to enjoy it. Because it is oppressive. That's the word in the newspaper today. Oppressive. It's a, it's a <laughs> heat's oppressive. Systematic injustice right now. Yeah, I have no problem with it being in the, the 90s and high 90s and high humidity. Like, I, I could deal. One of my former players put on his Instagram story, and then we'll move on to, to why everyone's here and we'll do some reacts. But he said he put a like a big like a ice chest out with ice and water, and he's putting socks in it. And every 30 minutes he pulls the sock out and wraps it around his neck like a soccer scarf. And that's how he cools off. That's, what we, that's why he graduated from Willamette. Ingenuity, <laughs> innovate. He doesn't have AC, so he's just uh, he's just trust. Oh. He's dying to live. The Tupac Biggie song, dying well, to live. Graduated from Willamette. He has that hundred thousand dollar education, and he can't get an AC. He's in between homes at the moment. He's upgrading. See, so it's gotcha. it's it, it was it was pretty good. Hey man, so. Let's let's dive in. Actually, you know what? Let's take our first break off the prime, and then we'll come back and we'll react to Kyle Williams in a long talk from last week. Hey, I missed the last couple episodes across the streams. It's okay. We've got you covered. Kip here, Across the Streams Podcast. Check us out on our SoundCloud platform, on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cross the Streams Podcast, on Instagram at CTS Podcast. Uh, especially these last two episodes, everyone. Love to send you on the interwebs to odap.org. That's Coach Valencia Peterson, the founder and CEO of Violence Prevention Program for Youth. Uh, and at alongtalk.com with Kyle Williams, the Chief in, uh, in Empowerment Officer for atalongtalk.com, putting an anti racist at every dinner table in America. That along with many more of our standard Listen Up, Useless Full Information series. Cross the stream, season five is rolling. You can catch up. All right, we're back. David Gunn, Listen Up, season five, debut of the usual. It's been going about four years now, our Listen Up segments, where typically we're going about and uh, trying to give our recommendations or our critiques of stuff we're listening to or watching. But David, you're taking kind of Kane's place in the reacts to uh, an interview that we had on a couple episodes ago with Kyle Williams from A Long Talk. And I, I know you and I spend many hours and many texts uh, discussing the state of race relations in this country and the white supremacist history of America. So I figured you'd be the perfect one to take Kane's space on this for uh, discussing and, and just reacting to the great work that we were able to be, you know, get, to get a little taste of with Kyle. Uh, from last week. And those of you listening that haven't, that's two episodes ago. Uh, Kyle Williams, the chief empowerment officer and founder of alongtalk.com. I mean, maybe we start here, man. What, what about the tagline? Anti-racist at every dinner table in America? You know, I, right? That was, that was so go. Just where do you want to go with it first? I know I sent you we'd re rehash it, but I number one, I'm sure we're both impressed. But what, what's, what sticks out that you want to talk about? Well, I, there's a couple of things that stick out to me. So that... You know, that is a tagline that just stays with you, right? So, because it kind of just catches you, right? You're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, you, you, you always hear companies have this, that, and the other. These yeah. lines that sound very, very corporate. This is just like, okay. This yeah. makes sense. Right. right? Um, 
would also say I think it's just the chief empowerment officer, right? Just that 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 title. I was like, that that's awesome, right? Yes. Instead of like a regular like CEO, right? Or yeah. The, um, go ahead. No, I, I hadn't heard of I hadn't heard of this guy. I didn't know anything about it, right? I listened to the podcast, and it's just it was super interesting, right? That this that he developed, and this came from really just being kind of a dad, yes. right? Yes. Certain dad, I was like. And he grew this thing into what it is now. You're just like, holy shit, right? right? That tells you the power that, you know, just individuals can really have. The, right? I, I thought of you immediately and myself because we've talked about our kids, right? You having two two daughters and me having three. When he said my sons hired me for this job, and that's like what you're talking about. This was really birthed out of one of his kids being betrayed in the back seat, right? By a friend who he thought was an ally. Has that happened to your kids yet? Is that have they run into any of that? So not so much. The the closest thing that we had was a couple of years ago. My daughter Mila, and this was when she was young, right? She was at a birthday party, and one of her school school friends, and that friend that was having the birthday party had her her cousin there. Okay. So Mila didn't know her cousin. She didn't go to the school with him. So they're playing, and then the little cousin came over and said to to Mila in front of her and her cousin said. Hey, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't play with, um, what's she saying? Like with people with black skin or something like uh, that. Say, you know, she said something like that, right? Yeah. So luckily I wasn't there. Janelle was there. Janelle probably handled it a little more gracefully than I. I you wouldn't have been I, tranquil in that moment. I'm sure. Yeah. We just got the fuck up out of there. And, you know, Janelle talked to like the, the mom and they were, Really apologetic, but obviously that little girl, I think she was like five or six, maybe like she heard it from her parents. Right, like of course. Nowhere, right? But yeah. That, that, so far, they haven't had any major experience, right? Where they've had a friend. Like, like they only rock with people for right now that they know of in their same uh, kind of mindset. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Right. That's I, I was thinking like for like for like Lincoln's had this my oldest who's the darkest of all my children right being in a mixed mixed relationship they're all going to come out different shades and Lincoln I'm thinking I think the kid called him the slant-eyed Caillou or the Asian-eyed Caillou and that was like a year ago and so um, you know that was our first experience where it happened to our our kids and our you know our kids we've had the discussions and talked about it but for him I think that was his first experience. Um, but I, the kid was not from the neighborhood, so there wasn't like a dad to go find for me or, or my wife, right? It was just like, you know, how'd you deal with it? How'd you feel? I think my daughter would have probably thrown hands in the moment, right? I think my son yeah. just kind of looked at him like, well, that's not even accurate. I'm not even Asian, right? That's how Lincoln rolls, <laughs> but Leah, Leah, right? That's an ina ina inaccurate slur, sir. But my, you know, my daughter would have probably thrown hands, but yeah, that, that takes us back to Kyle where that. That happening in the car and that happening, I, I, it's, it's amazing that was the launch point. Um, you know, I, I thought it was the thing I wanted to talk, like you've experienced this more than me. Like where he said prior to a longtalk.com, he's never had to work with strangers necessarily. You know, he's an educator, but he's been able to keep in his group, like his, his, his group of folks that he uh, runs the business with have all been people he trusts and knows you've kind of had to go out and dabble like hiring people from outside your circle right yeah i mean absolutely you know in 
you know, some of the businesses, you know, you think about this logistics business, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's a very, it's a numbers game in terms of your hiring, right? So it's not this long drawn out interview. You don't get a really truly know them. I mean, yeah. it's literally, all right, you can pass a driving test and a background check and a drug screen. If you can pass those, you can drive for uh, Yeah. It's really quick. You don't get to know anything about them. You're like, you know, and I, obviously after they work for you, after you have conversations, you get to know kind of where they stand and stuff. And it, it's always interesting. So I was, it, this is, this is kind of interesting the other day, right? Obviously coming off of Juneteenth, right? So the morning of Juneteenth, you know, I go get a bunch of uh, Starbucks gift cards. I always have a hold what's called a stand-up meeting that morning, okay. right? And we just, before we go to load out, I try to, you know, give a recap of the previous day, preview the upcoming day, what's important, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Safety, all this stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do some trivia on Juneteenth to see who knows their their Juneteenth facts and, right, and really highlight Juneteenth and pass out some gift cards, right? I thought that would be kind of yeah. cool and exciting, right? So, uh, but I also, I was like, this will be interesting, right? Because I've got 30 different individuals that I don't know a lot about, right? I'm just curious to see how individuals will respond. Yeah, yeah. And uh, lo and behold, nobody knew a damn thing about Juneteenth. Um, I actually, it was, it was the one Caucasian driver I had that day was able to answer at least a couple of the questions. Nobody else knew anything. Wow. And, and I know you're purposeful about trying to make sure you give opportunities to black and brown folks. So even in that. Yeah, in- yeah. so, you know, I guess it was, to a certain extent, right, you're, you're disappointed, but then you're like, gosh, right? Like school systems have failed. Yep, right? yep. You know, and you look at it as an opportunity, all right, hopefully they walked away with a little more knowledge of it than they previously had. Yes, yes. Good for but yeah, you. you like, I've walked into these 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 situations all the time with working in corporate America and working closely with individuals that you know our our political views, our, our social views are just they're complete opposite. Here in my neighborhood, right, we're experiencing it right now. We have been. I think we've had a couple conversations about yep. you know individuals. Well, you're in the heart. Uh, you're in Georgia. You got Stacey Abrams, but you also got Brian Kemp and all the other fun people down there, right? That makes me think about you, you know, spreading that, you know, just bringing awareness. It made me think something Kyle said in there, and I'm interested in your in your thoughts on it because I struggle with it. Even not because I don't believe in it. I think him and I are um, kindred spirits, and that information and empathy can hopefully cue something, right? And I love how he says anti-racist activation, but it, it also made me think like, what are the barriers to that next step? Like what you did, like you actually you probably raised awareness that day. Right. Like I, I, when I do my work about gender equality and, and trying to help men view things a little differently, I think you can always do the awareness part. But what Kyle is really passionate about, it sounds like is good at what I'm trying to be is getting people to stop. And I like, oh, you know what David gave me today? Like I found out about Juneteenth. But does that trigger something for the next step? You know, and so kind of that 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 was really something I chewed on because I, I could tell his passion and belief in it that that information and empathy can lead to something. Sometimes I think maybe it's just my pessimism with humans or pessimism with men in general. And in this conversation, maybe white men in general, like going past, oh, thank you for the education. I will go about my day now, right? Rather than the change step or the cha- doing something different. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm along the same lines with you in that I, I, the, I guess it's just in my experience, right? The average human, 
right, will only do so much, mm-hmm. right? So they'll get the awareness, but they're not going to be intentional, intentional about next steps, right? Unless they are specifically given what they need to do and told yeah. to do. Right? People are just naturally, majority of people aren't, aren't just built that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's just how, with my experience yep. and what I've seen. I agree, right? yep. Like if I don't spoon, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you that, and that maybe that's the separator for success maybe, or good human is that I have to ingest and own this. I'm you don't have to spoon feed me anymore, boss. Like I can take some steps, right? Uh, what'd you think of the cigarettes analogy? I thought it's one of the best I've heard where he's talking, right? That may, I think the part that I, maybe I, and you and I have talked about this and what we're living in. With people flying their flags at the back of their truck that lets me spot you sooner when you're like if you're flying two american flags at the back of your souped up f-150 i think a certain way about you most likely uh but i love any people that are listening kyle equated um driving this anti-racism and, and activating folks to cigarettes how we used to let people have the choice to smoke in front of us and then we suddenly said you know what this is bullshit. take that stuff outside you can still make the choice we're putting you over there I really like that does matter, right? Like I need to identify who's in, but also if you're out, we want to know where you're at. Yeah, we know where you're at. There, there's still a place for you. Yeah. It's in that fucking corner, right? <laughs> the yes. At the airport and you're, we're, there, it's glass always. So we can see who you are. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's always interesting, right? Like you kind of get, you see it down here, right? The, uh, the Confederate flags all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So you see it everywhere. Part of you is just so you're like you just your blood starts boiling, right? You're like, oh, this one, yeah. But then you're like, all right, he's identified. I yeah. know who he is, where he's at. You know, I so I can't be too mad at him, right? It yeah. was, we were we went to uh, Panama City recently, right? We were down there and we took a little getaway vacation, right, for a few days with some family friends, and uh, we're at the uh, we're in this little. I don't know, village where we stayed at these beach houses and they had this pool and it was a big pool, community pool. So everybody's in there, everybody's having a great time. There's people of all different kinds of, of uh, races and cultures in there. And all of a sudden this big white dude, just your t- you just think of your stereotypical probably racist white dude, right? Yeah. Walking in and, you know, he's got his family and kids and brings out this huge towel, right? This huge beach towel, lays it on the, the chairs. And it's a big Confederate flag uh, beach towel, right? And you can kind of just see everybody's eyes are like. Yeah. But then it was like, all right, everybody just back to normal, right? And I'm just sitting there. And Janelle, she, she could see my like wheels turning, right? And then like we were with a couple of friends and they're like, what the fuck, right? And I was just like, I should, I should just go say something at yeah. least you know have it. but i was like you know but he's identified yeah we know who he is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Stay the fuck yeah. <laughs> oh that's like i'm so with you I, I can't go back and forth with that. no i'm i know like i need to know where you're at and maybe if you're just like hey over here is where the neanderthals go that's where we're at um i liked where he said we're in this to end this it's a 15 year game plan kid this is a war on ignorance uh and you have the right to remain ignorant, but remember, extinction is part of evolution. Man, that blew my head. I loved it. I wanted a poster. I wanted to. I want the, I wanted to just play it back. Extinction is part of the evolution. So, I have questions on that. Okay. Right? Like, 
So that 15 year plan, that, 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 that is aggressive, right? Right. That is, that is ambitious, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 15 year plan to end this. Yes. I know. I had tough, tough. Good luck. I will support and donate. I don't know. Yeah. Can it happen? If he pulls it off, he needs more than a statue. He right. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, I, that, that, that kind of, that in itself blew my mind just, but I love the, you know, I, the aggressive approach to it, right? Like yeah. the optimist, you know, you have to be an optimist, right? In that type of, right. you just gotta be, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's shit every day that you see and you hear about that would just, you're like, oh. Right. I mean, that, that's a great point. Yes. Right, yep. 15 has just gone to 20, right? Yeah. Whatever just happened today, yes. right? And police brutality, whatever. Right. Uh, we just got to say that. No, great point. I think he dabbles in more hope than you and I, which is good. We need that. We need folks like that because if you, if you, I wish I had that, man. Yeah, I don't. I, I have. I think there's more belief in the power of of maybe more humans than I have, and I, I commend the shit out of him for it. And I think he's got a game plan. Um, and I also, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I did love the extinction part because we, we fall into this same sidedism sometimes. Like, well, I'm going to believe what I want to believe. Well, we hope it dies with you then. That ignorant, awful belief. Well, what, would be a, what would be interesting to, to conversate with him about in terms of, you know, because part of that, right, the, that, uh, you know, the extinction and also about identifying them and still they can have their own little corner of the world and this and that, yeah. right? So, you know, <laughs> you know, then it almost, you know, I can almost hear the, the racist, right? Or the, the, uh, the individual opposing this, right? This would be a conservative uh, counterpoint to yeah. that. Oh, so you want to go back to segregation. Oh, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could almost already identify what the uh yeah the how they how they'd flip that message immediately right yeah, yeah absolutely. not that i yeah yeah i agree with you that would be there because that's all they have left they can't stand on the principles they have to make a sound bite and then run on the boogeyman for sure yeah great point great point now, i'm very interested there's uh i've had a couple coaches that listen to the pod reach out and you know obviously like hey man he's like kyle's doing this it's right there get on it jump on it so, take your team Question for you. So, what the uh, the video he referenced? I gotta go back and listen because I I was I was listening to this uh, driving and then like at my daughter's camp thing. Yeah, so, the history of race in America by down. Jeffrey Robinson. Yeah, what was it that kicked it off for him? Because I want to go watch that. I th- I think that I think he had already seen the video maybe, but that was one he because he said he mentioned it was one of twelve he could point to as like really telling the tale well but that was the one that was the if you're a coach signing right. up you got to watch that one first before yeah, they'll let you in first, right. don't i kind of like that the barrier of entry to our circle is you got to do a little bit of this work can we can we start establishing that just in life like list hold it well, wait, wait. that's the activation part right yeah that's, that's taking it and giving people you know he's intentional about all right so i've made you aware of this stuff but i'm not just going to leave it in your hands right like you have got to do some work to even be a part of this circle. Right? I, I really was dive, I was chewing on that, and I'm going to steal it for some of the work I do with Teams of Men because I do think if you come in completely ignorant, it stalls the movement as we wait for you, right? Or if you come in and you haven't proven your desire to keep pushing forward, like you come in and you're like kind of a cloaked 
like we talked about, you're you're a cloaked flag, you know, flag guy. Well, then your counter, your your contradictions and your counter arguments are just going to slow us down, because they're not in good faith, right? They're they're not something pushing us forward. They're just your, you know, your Candace Owen rebuttals that you came in for some gotchas. I, I really like that. I think there's some work, and it really fleshes out. Like you're here because your AD made you come, or you're here yeah. because you give a shit about your kid, your guys, right? Interesting, interesting. Let's take our second break and, and come right back. All right, wrapping up, listen up with David Gunn, season five. Uh, okay, let's go here. Let's, we got we were heavy in the in the middle section there. Great, great reason. Kyle Williams reacts. Great work with alongtalk.com. Can we can we dive into this Chris Paul thing now? Can we do it? Okay, can we talk? Are we the, are we the last two? Yes, I'll give the listeners a little background. I, it was absolutely the Spurs Clippers series. Maybe that's 2014 when the Spurs were the defending champs and they had the Clippers in the first round. And this was Lob City, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Doc was the coach, Reddick, DeAndre. I like that team. I, I like that team. Um, and they like that was. I think you and I were texting because I was happy Chris Paul hit the shot. And you came in hot with F Chris Paul. That dude's overrated. And we I didn't agree with you. But I tell you what, as he's gotten older, and for some reason, maybe well, this is part of the discussion, more people are cheering for his like supposed crowning achievement. And I just see a I'm not that I don't believe he's a Hall of Fame player. I, I yeah. No, but no, I think he's, he's a John Stock we said this, John Stockton 2.0. One of the dirtiest, meanest dudes, and all you bros out there telling me that's how the game should be played. No, not really. You can be really good at basketball and not be dirty. Uh, but what's going on? Like the Chris Paul, I, I feel like if and when they make the finals, we might be the only two humans actively cheering against what's going to happen. Not the human being, everybody out there. Chris Paul, the basketball player, I don't feel any need for him to get his ring. No, I have like I I don't understand everybody's dying wishes that Chris Paul he deserves a ring. Like, why does he deserve a ring? Like this this individual, right? He's supposedly this superstar, right? Right. Everybody, they're talking about he's top five point guard ever, right? They're putting him in the categories of the Magic yep. Johnsons of the world, right? Isaiah, yep. Better than Isaiah Thomas of the world, like they, this is nuts, right? There, he had never taken a team to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Right. As their best player. Right. Right. In the West, he's only, he's only oh, yeah, because when he went to the West Finals, he was with Harden, and Harden was clearly the best player. Harden was clearly the best player, right? And then this Suns team, this is what I don't understand, right? They were talking MVP candidacy for Chris Paul all year. He's not the best player on his team. Right. That Suns team, if you look at the bubble, who was the best team in the bubble last year? The Suns. It was they were the hottest team. They just they got to the they were just too far gone by the time they right. got to the bubble. Right. As far as the record, right? Right. But they were the hottest team. They had the best record in the bubble. If they had another week in the bubble before uh those playing games and everything started coming up, yeah. They would have done serious damage. That team was going to be good this year, regardless of whether Chris Paul's on the team. Now, that's not to say that he did not make the team better. I don't, you know, I'm not right. bananas. I'm not Chris Paul obviously made the team better, but to say he's an MVP MVP candidate as the 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 second best player and possibly the third best player on that team at some point, right? Right? Shit, there's there's times 
half the time, Cameron Payne's just as good. Yes. The team plays just as well without Chris Paul. He just gets way too much fanfare. Yes. I, right? I, I, uh, especially for how freaking dirty he is. Yes. Like, this goes back to his freshman year at Wake Forest, what Who, he was doing. He punched Julius Hodge, right? Yeah. I, I don't, is it like, it maybe, is he with Clutch or has he got his own agent? I know him and LeBron are close, but I don't know if he's with Clutch or if he's got his I don't agent. think he's with Clutch. He's got the State Farm, but everywhere he's gone, I can't say this about New Orleans because that was such a fiasco. The other players eventually don't want to be around him anymore. And somehow, right. like, somehow why, people... Why does the media not jump on this? Anybody else, they would kill. Yes. Right? If this was LeBron or this was Kevin Durant, where everyone there didn't want him to be there. And they and some I hate it because your standard Joe Schmo, who watches basketball, used to play it for their JV team, equates being a dick with being a leader, right? Like the only way to really lead is Chris Paul's way, where you're just an unencumbered asshole to your teammates and to the refs at all times. But that's because you're trying to draw. Maybe it's Monty Williams that's got the best out of DeAndre Ayton, right? No, Maybe it's not Chris Paul cussing him out constantly. Maybe it's Monty Williams' scheme and how he wants to call people up rather than call people out, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll be happy if Monty Williams wins, right? But Chris Paul... What is it that we're convinced that he is so good at leading? I don't understand it. And I just don't understand. Like, get yourself in shape. Oh, great point. That's another thing that just, come on, man. Why do you look like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, get your body together, man. Honestly, this day and age, like, there's sometimes where we both agree, being former athletes, that that injuries are unavoidable. But consistent injury... And you don't have, apparently, just from physically looking at you, the dedication to your craft that others do in your sport. What do, what do you want me to say? Right? Like, what, what is it that is not some of it your fault when you get a sprained hammy at all times? And this is not that Chris Paul doesn't work pick and roll well. Everyone listening on our small platform, we're not arguing that Chris Paul doesn't play pick and roll really well. I'm arguing this bend the knee to Chris Paul, and he's been screwed out of championships these whole sure. time, right? Sure. <laughs> right. I, I'm with you. Like, he's a great, great player. Yeah. Like, great player. But right now, like, he's definitely – he's not in my top five current point guards, and it's probably hard to get into my top eight. Yes. Currently. And not to – you know what else is interesting, just in purely schematically? Chris Paul wants to play slow. There's, like, this misconception that Chris Paul wants to get up and down. And Chris Paul wants to play slow – Pound that son of a bitch 20, 30 times, snake the ball screen and shoot his step back or pass. He's not, I'm not saying he's selfish. But it's not even aesthetically a great basketball watch, right? Like Trey Young's a better pleasing watch right now for me. Now, there's some old heads out there. Oh, I want to see the floor general. He only runs single high and dumps it or shoots it. Like, hey, come on. Floor general, oh <laughs> Booker, who's gonna shoot that trade ball? That's 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 his floor general. <laughs> Man, nice. I, just, I just hate that Devin Booker doesn't get the shine he deserves. That's right? true. It, like, I'll be honest with you. Got it before because they were shitty and they're out in Phoenix. Right? He's always you been know? a bucket. Right, he's always been a bucket, and now that they're good, right? And even last year in the bubble, he started to get his shine because they were putting up crazy numbers and they were winning. Right. But now he's just. He, he, he's just overshadowed by Chris Paul. Because what, what Chris Paul did? He, was he second team All-NBA? Second team All-NBA, and Booker didn't make a team. 
yeah, Booker didn't make the team, didn't make the All-Star team. Like, it's, it's. I'll tell you, you, what's rubbed off on Devin Booker? And I honestly, I have no concept. And people that say they do, unless you're with the Suns, you don't know. Does Chris Paul drive over to Devin Booker's house and watch film? I don't know, right? But I know that Devin Booker's a bit more of an asshole than he used to be. He's constantly pissed off and a lot more ever since Chris Paul. I'm just saying, what rubs off? You can't argue those Clippers teams were fun to watch. All they did was bitch at the refs constantly. That could have been Chris. That could have been Blake. That could have been Doc. They all do it. Oh. You know, every ref freaking hates Chris Paul. Oh, God. <laughs> Doesn't there a stat that Scott Foster hasn't let him win a playoff game in, like, 12 games? <laughs> Us and Scott Foster. Scotty! Ah! Cross the streams. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.